everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, welcome along. And uh, what a show we have today. Uh, the 10th episode of Season 7 of LOI Central. Uh, big Wee County sort of um, connection today. Kev Doherty, obviously the postman. Kev Doherty managed to draw it. It was very, very hard to get in. But for, for whatever reason, we'll find out why he can work today. And he's going to be joined by Keith Ward, who obviously needs no introduction. And was part of a very, very um, up and down pretty mad game on the AstroTurf and we'll talk about that on Sunday as Drogheda uh, sorry as Dundalk drew two all with Derry City um, but Shamrock Rovers didn't gain any ground because they were involved in an amazing game against Shelburne so LOI Central is in association with Future Ticketing our long term sponsors we're also in association with Collar and Cuff uh, Collar and Cuff sponsors the mailbag and if you don't win the mailbag prize which is a 50 quid voucher if you call in, into Decky say that the podcast is great or tell the truth about what you think about the podcast just say something to Decky about LOI Central he'll probably chat to you may offer you a coffee and then Dan of course he will give you a free shirt and tie with your tin of fruit that is correct isn't it? That is the deal yeah and we're also in a, yeah and we're also associated with Rascals Brewery and the big um, beer and food festival is the weekend after next and Joe tells us to uh, get onto the Rascals website because tickets are selling fast Dan the Big Lebowski was on um, in the Lighthouse cinema 25 year anniversary or something and uh there's a scene where walter and the dude are just like having one of their many moments with like you and me and uh walter just like does this ridiculous thing and the dude says you you fucked it up you fucked it up (laughs) and you fucked it up with the mailbag today you had everything ready and you, you left it at home Oh yeah, I mean, just to be clear, the mail like isn't an actual bag. Arthur Daly, Arthur was getting my white, my minder, wasn't he or something? <laughs> Arthur Murphy with the mail bag. Um, you know, we I just like take them on now. I, I like trying to put what them happened, all, Dan? Put them all into. I put them all into a very carefully, you know, constructed word document and break down headings of Astros refs. You know, last week's show, um, various you know miscellaneous. Um, and then I, I, I came here without that document. So it's and a little, then that landed as well. You did say it's like something that you do, to which I replied, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. It is something. Uh, I mean, this is it. There was just a bit of a role, role reversal mm. thing going on. The Coen Brothers fan. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So if I give you a choice, Coen Brothers or Comer Brothers, <laughs> which, which, which is your favourite? Well, their favorite the, brothers. The, the the set of the boat sets are incredibly high achieving in their respective fields. Um, the 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 Cohen brothers are absolute geniuses, like geniuses. I, I've never seen anything like them. And the the weird thing about the Cohen brothers is they'll have these peripheral characters in their movies that just stick with you for some reason. That might have said two bloody lines in the whole thing. And you're like, why is he or she in my head? The Comer brothers have some peripheral players that have <laughs> stuck in my head over the years as well. But the Comer brothers, Dan, and this is the thing about um, becoming kind of, I guess, like being being successful early in their life. They were basically, I think, they were plasterers very very early. Worked. Every hour under the sun starts to kind of buy a house here or there, and now they're billionaires, literally billionaires from nothing. The Comer brothers started from scratch in East Galway. I'm thinking of Luke and uh, Brian's age now. They were probably, when they were growing up, Ireland was probably very poor. I think they moved to England. Um, and now it looks like they're going to preside over a Galway United record breaking team that just might be on its way to the Premier Division because Galway United played the second best team in the division and beat them 6-0. Yeah. We do have a lot in the mailbag about the Caulfield and Horgan duo. You could make a Cohen 
brothers. What about my doing, rant last like season? That. Like, I mean, it's just it's spect- <laughs> backfired spectacularly. Absolutely spectacular. I mean, I think I think only you could possibly threaten to boycott a club and you know be distanced from forever before they went on a, a record-breaking <laughs> run at the start of the next, which may finally end your years of misery, like your years of hurt in the in the first division. You know, like this, the whole lifespan of this podcast, um, God, we've been a first division club. They were relegated in the season just before, 2016, God, that right? that is mad. That's so, mad. If I'm not mistaken. So, um, I mean, I, and, and even now, like, I mean, you've, I, how many first division games have you been to this year? One. I might be to one. And that was in Waterford. There's a couple of specific mailbag questions for you for your first division knowledge. I'm uh, thinking, it's, it's not great. I'm thinking, I've, I've been no, seeing as much first division as this lad. I've seen the best two teams, but like if Bray, if you were looking at the highlights, Bray were terrible. Like so bad. It's gave up six goals. It could have been 10. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like Kerry's performance in Thailand. And with respect to Kerry, they've been really competitive. I think they had the lowest XG possibly ever recorded in a League of Ireland game in Waterford, but they held on for 70 oh, minutes. Oh, they did hold on. 0.04, yeah. I think. No, no, definitely. Um, Anyone who, uh, who invested in Waterford and the handicap lost the money there. <laughs> anyway, um, I wonder I who that what, was. Will we just will we just move on to the mailbag? Yeah, we've allow us to, to get through. allow us to deal with a lot of things. Everyone's crazy about a sharp dressed mailbag, am I right? These electronic letters have style for miles, so let's dig in. Yeah, Dan, just off air there, Dell has got me down a Cone Brothers, like, rabbit hole. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you can get the references that I was talking about there. If you don't, it just sounds utterly odd. No Cone Brothers references. Any references to Jerry Hutch, who got out? Um, the only reference I made to Jerry Hutch is the only time I ever met him was in the queue to go to the Jacks in a game in Daily Mount years ago, before the League of Ireland was popular. But he's out anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he'd, he'd, he'd merge into the crowd now with his hair, wouldn't he? You know, <laughs> he wouldn't stand out. I mean, like, you might have gone to the Daily Mount not to be seen, but now people just go to the Daily Mount to be seen, you know? On that note, I, like, there were two people on Instagram over the weekend at the Pat's Bowes game. One of them is a DJ I know from Wexford. The other guy is a, an English guy who follows racing. They're in Daily Mount. Like, I'm putting it on Instagram. I was like, what? You're going to a League of Ireland game. And putting it on Instagram, I didn't even know you're into football. I don't mind the League of Ireland. It's become cool. And what, and you're okay with this, though. You're no, not, you're not one of these people. Like, no, like, no, don't be that my person. Field. Don't be that person. There is part of me, Dan, that I really, really am worried about the League of Ireland becoming good uh, and I, Jonathan Gabay's dream of it becoming cool, becoming a reality. I, I just, I hate people with that attitude. <laughs> do you know what those people can go and do? They can just go and watch the Leinster Senior Cup with their niche comments about the Leinster Senior Cup, who no one gives a. F- yeah. Whatever about you do if you're a brave fan losing four uh, one. Usher, the I mean, yeah. again, like Dermot Usher, Usher Celtic, or you know, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like it's a not. I mean, as far as I know, they they lost a cup in recent years, and it was it was found again. Um, mm. But I think it's 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 for people who it's for the nineties League of Ireland fan. Then seeing a cup just reminds them of a time of irrelevance, and it's like who cares? Mm. Honestly, just bin that competition, or yeah. more to the point, just make it an under twenty one competition for all the players who you know. Of games to play, mm. um, just I mean, oh, it's, honestly, um, it is uh, very, very briefly watching the watching the game, the televised game Friday. You're like, how does this league just get so bloody good to watch at the moment? The, go- the goals were insane. Not everyone agrees. People would say is the standard. As Didn't Rory as O'Connor good? say it was like one of the best Dublin derbies ever? And he was on about the game in Daily Mounts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Rory is prone not- to saying. You know, yeah, but like you know, he's a rugby man. Some anyways. people would disagree. I mean, like the mailbag, as I said, it's a little bit all over the place um, because I had it organised. But like, for example, Connor Ruth was talking to us about, and he's a Wexford fan. Just how bad is the first division this year? Standard is atrocious. 
And I hate to say that. Galway streets ahead of the rest. Waterford will come good. But the quality amongst the rest has gone backwards. Um, and Jason Shanahan was in with a similar team mm. asking you for your opinions on the first division this year. We have had that yeah. caveat, Daniel. I've been at one game. Um, I've watched bits and bobs of it. But Galway Knights are a good, solid team. The game against Waterford wasn't a great standard. That was the game I was at. Waterford are definitely going to improve. Jesus Christ, so if Bray Wanderers, who would have definitely been my candidates to finish, if not if not in the first two, the the favourites finished third, they were awful, like awful on Friday. I mean, coughed up six goals. It looked it looked like they were a team that, you know, it was put together. Um it, it's a two horse race for sure, but the standard probably and then it's only just talking to some other managers, the standard isn't great, but there's no money in the league. Well yeah, and look I, I mean I was involved in a social media debate, people talking about maybe we need to expand the Premier to like a fourteen team league. No. It's like no no, 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 no. Like the ten team is working. Mm. And like you know, As you say, imagine it next year. Yeah, and it could be even better next year. And let's get that baseline up and then you can get to the point where hopefully then you know you can expand at a point where you have to meet certain standards. But I think the problem you could face is like the player pool as we know is compromised at the moment with the way the league is and clubs are going outside the league to recruit more players we don't have room for 14 top flight clubs as it stands and if you did what kind of first division would you end up with then it would be an appalling division and then you'd be promoting a team out of it into the Premier division diluting the quality of what's there it's like we're getting to a place now where things are okay the last thing we need to do is actually tweak with structures we need to make this structure better and then go with there anyway uh, Kieran Hardigan um, I did. I, I, mean, I was so, so on top of the mail but I actually followed up a mail bad question with the FAI. How comes the Liga Rovers have to play back-to-back away fixtures on both bank holidays this year? Um, Easter weekend and the May bank holiday weekend, as in they're away on all four Fridays and the Mondays, uh, whereas Derry got all four of the same rounds at home. I mean, it is a fair point, yeah. you know. Like, you know, yeah. think about Sligo Rovers as sort of a, you know, a regional club where probably have a lot of people living in Dublin or other yeah. places that come home for the weekend and they're all away. So I got to the FAI about this just to figure out what the crack was. Um, and it was pointed out to me, look, it's it's just it's just the way it fell. Um, there's a that before the fixtures goes out, there's various restrictions that are put into the algorithm or whatever. Like it just seems like this is something random. that slipped through the net because right. there are two other Monday games this year where Sligo Rovers are playing at home. Like there's four okay. Mondays and they're playing at home and two of them. It just so happens that that the two of their Monday aways have fallen when they're on away on the Friday. So it's more of a glitch than a sort of a. Uh, a snob or some mm. kind of thing and Derry I presume have just got the opposite end of that stick I imagine it's something just need to look out for in future years to avoid but I know and um, we did have a couple of comments um, from Sligo about that um, Jamie P was in touch I mean he, he likes his food themed questions uh, he said are Pats at the back flakier than a flake uh, but more solid than a Kit Kat um, what did he say? He, he, Kit Kat Crunchy going forward. Now I had to not, not a massive Kit Kat Crunchy. I had to. Well, I had to. Well, there's no such thing as a Kit Kat Crunchy, Jamie. It's a Kit Kat Chunky. Chunky. Sorry, yeah. yeah. That, Jamie, that look, came, Jamie's coming at us with the food comments every week, but he's going to have to be on top of his of his confection. I think that came out when I was in school because we just school a shop and I used to volunteer. It was one of those shops where like there was the. The bottles of orange had a ten percent extra promotion for the entire five years that I was in schools. So you know that we have promotion, yeah. like but just, it had it for five years. And some of the harder kids, like the lads in the Simpsons, they just wouldn't pay you. So be like, "Your grand, don't worry, but take whatever you want, including the Kit Kat." It's a false economy for chunky, bottles of orange. chunky, yeah. Kit Kat chunky. Yeah, I remember coming along with me, but uh, I mean, Jamie's point generally stands. We did have a comment about like Pat's. Sorry, that, that's what I meant to say. 
Pats are second. WTF? What what is going on? Pats are second. Like Dundalk would have been, I think, second last if results had conspired against someone. I love it when you talk acronyms to me. Um, uh, like yeah, WTF? It, yeah. Like yeah, no, it is unusual. Right. I mean, Eric Dunigan was on to us, um, pointing out about. Um, you know why are they so bad against ten? And I think maybe part of it. You watch Pats in the first half last week; they were brilliant counter attacking side when they're good. You know, and maybe against ten, it's obviously a different thing. And I know Tim Clancy just felt they were a little bit. I don't know. He didn't use the word, but maybe a bit, bit, bit passive when they were ahead. And maybe they're a type of team that they're at their best when another team is attacking them. Kind of interesting watching them on Friday. Like Adam Murphy was actually the number six. Um, and uh, Forrester and Jamie Lennon were more attacking but Jamie Lennon attacking actually had a big part in that game you had the Flores sending off he was brilliant, pass for that. Goal. brilliant pass for the third goal and Forrester has been scoring goals so that's what I mean. Adam Murphy like is talk to me Dan because like is, uh, what, what, are you going to go another are you going to go all Tim Clancy on Adam well, Murphy Clancy's the best kid he's ever worked with I mean I've heard about Adam Murphy for I heard about him five years ago uh, when he was at Belvedere because um, I know someone who would have been working with him quite closely then and been sort of waiting for him to come along and I mean this is a top player like, he's been training with some very good clubs um, you know at times and like he, a year ago against Dundalk his 17th birthday he, he was excellent and went off with a hamstring injury after 20 minutes and pretty much wasn't seen for a year he needed surgery um, he would have played the same age group growing up as James McManus and some other players in the league um, Benny and Whitmarsh then and Cork has been involved Joe um, but you know, Murphy would have been probably perceived by some as the top of that bracket you know and we're now seeing him come to the fore and and um he i, I think as Clancy, he's a bit to learn he should have fouled uh, J- james clark who was excellent actually off the bench for bows and um, he, he could have fouled him and little bits and bobs but this is a fella now who's um what's he like then he's uh he's he's so he's got he's sort of a midfielder who this is the thing when i heard of him first i was thinking of him more as an explosive midfielder bursting on from deep but clearly they trust him to operate in that more defensive role um, like if someone with hamstring injuries you would think that um, you know it's more their athletic capabilities would come to the fore but clearly is a bit of maturity about him to be able to be trusted to play in the six so he's a bit of an all-round midfielder really he's got a bit of everything about him um, I think he's on the uh, I think he's on the uh, the Jorge Mendes uh, slash Gary Rogers payroll um, in the sense of a, not payroll but I think he's a, he's a client of theirs I believe client um, yeah so um Look, I hate that word know. when he's a footballer. He's my client. Like. Well, that's the, that's the that's the. He's a kid and he's a he's baller. Been, he's been scouted by them anyway, and mm. obviously that's where the likes of Killian Phillips, Johnny Kenny, a lot of others. So I mean, there will be there will be high this, high levels of interest in him. So this is we a had a shoot, you know we, stupid we, question. Are any comparable injury um, players with injuries like that in the league that he could relate to or talk to? Or is he kind of a one-off? In the I'm sense? not sure. I, mean, I know Farouk just had issues with his hamstrings, but mm. again, I don't I was know. I, it. I Hope, mean, hopefully, like, I love you. You really love players like, like Farouk. You just love them to get a run because it's cruel when you have injuries like that and your your progress is blunted. And to get a run of games would be great for him. Yeah. Anyway, we got referees and we've got last week's show, which has come up. I mean, we had, again we had a lot of feedback to last week's show with Tomas Connolly, and then at the weekend, I suppose Paul McLaughlin was in the news again, and particularly because he had ignored the Bose bus. I mean, a few comments about that. Ignore him. The Bose bus, and then he got attacked by the Bose bus. Now, it did look like. <laughs> I was imagine if he went over with an ankle injury. But, like. but it looked like an issue when Paul McLaughlin came out. He, he, he spoke to the bus like Roy Keane spoke to Alfinger Hallett <laughs> when he was on the pitch back in the day. And I'm like, hang on, like, you know, the refs are in the spotlight. Like, you've been covering the Biden visit here as a. I know, yeah. I know Paul's your big pal. And it's like, he's not. And he's like, you're, you're having a. Um, you're, you're basically having a, you're having a row with a bus <laughs> <laughs> before the game starts. Now, I do think, I think the Flores decision was correct, by the way. So, can we just say? 
stay on the bus for the moment, right? So the bus. Did, I was. I was you were meant just to be like, you were meant to. So, so what happens is the ball is on the. No, bus. I know. I know. I saw yeah. it. Okay, I saw but it. not everyone well, listening okay. to this is aware if you of this. Haven't seen this yet? Okay, what happened? Not, not everyone has just seen your phone. Then I'll give my version of what happened. Okay, right? so <laughs> you're meant to come along, and the 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 bus comes along to halfway with the ball sitting on it and you get the bus get the ball off the bus there the but bus McLaughlin off. just nicks the ball <laughs> looks at the bus and goes see you you can do one bus and he, and he gives a look and then whoever's controlling the, 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 the bus the, is the like a Jack Russell it's like a so it was either Daniel Lambert or James Akintunde <laughs> controlling the bus that's what I can reveal I don't know which one it was and they, they drove the bus like a like an old car in a Skeletrix, Skeletrix that goes off course and it just bumps into the, the ankle of Paul McLaughlin. What's the bus made up of? Like, is it sponge or is it like, is if it were hard, it could have injured it. Oh, like, yeah, that's it. Like, as I said, the bus is going to be on the suspension list next week. Yeah. This is going to be the issue. And of course, I got people from rival clubs messaging me about this, saying like, oh, how sad this is. I, I did think it was a bit a bit silly. S- sad? Like, the bus, like, trying to take the referee out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's sad. I mean, no, it was like, it wasn't even, it wasn't like sad. You should like, know, climate change is sad. No, but not, not sad, but like, I hear F- FFS, like, you know. I, you know uh, what are you talking about? F- um. LOL <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, got, I did wake up this morning And at one point The bus came into my head And trying to take Anyway Because Paul McLaughlin's performance In the game then Like you know He wasn't He was probably rattled like. he, was, he, was, he wasn't I was nearly hit by a bus On the way over Like <laughs> What are the chances <laughs> What about losing your job Your man who had a bad game On the Friday I was nearly hit by a bus yeah, like, yeah, He was hit by a bus Well this is it On yeah. the pitch yeah, anyway. but uh, listen, we got no a lot parking of the bus. Got, so five goals. No, it was a good game. We got a lot of feedback the last week's show. I mean, Jamie Connors was on about an astonishingly patronising contribution he thought from Tomas Connolly. Um, some people, I've felt, heard that. I've heard that as well. Some people felt that it was a case of, and, and, and the point was made. Uh, someone was on to me saying, uh, "I apologise. This is where the mailbag went a little bit off." Message: Who was who sent me the specific message about uh, Tomas talking about the refereeing appointments and mentioning, and it's, and it's true. Like, and, and I, I did bring it up, and maybe should have been stronger. I mean. Yes, we do have officials representing Ireland overseas, but they haven't gone particularly well. Like there was an international incident in Malta, um, and so it, it's clear that there are countries of similar size to Ireland who have referees performing at higher level games. Our ones aren't getting good games, and that points to the fact, which I think, to be fair, it's been acknowledged that like the pool isn't terrific at the moment. Thomas indicated that in a way without saying it. And I think, to be fair, there was also some very positive responses from people to the show who were happy to at least hear a voice from the referees to get their opinion. Um, I think maybe stuff about the breakdown of how they do certain reviews and so on. I think people found some of that interesting. And the human side of the referees, I think we had several people in touch to say they, they, they were glad to hear that side. And maybe what you learn from the whole thing is that wouldn't it be great to have a regular line of communication. I know Tomas isn't in favour of referees speaking after games and that's fair enough I wouldn't mind the Paul McLaughlin talking about the bus on Friday but th- good, th- yeah. there is there is a more general point of um, he- at least hearing the voices allows people to debate the issues with a little bit more clarity yeah and um, I have to say I, I, I'm I hold my hands up as well I, I don't know enough about our international standing or otherwise to say referees uh, you, you did mention the international incident and so on yeah I we probably should have said well how are the referees getting on um, I, I don't know enough about that so I put my hands yeah, up we yeah. got a lot of feedback though on no, that we got that's, a lot of feedback that's, uh, and that's, that's what thing. you're looking for now we had Stephen O'Donnell's comments about Astros as well after the game on Sunday I was 
uh, there and it sort of come up himself. Although I actually had tweeted during the game that the Dundalk and Derry injury list. I mean, Greg Sloggett went down again, and like both Dundalk and Derry have been decimated by these injuries. And we probably will talk about it with, with Keith Ward and, and Kevin Doherty. I mean, Sligo Rovers went to Derry a couple of weeks back and lost three players in a weekend. It, it's done for Astro, isn't it? It's it's it is. It's, it's, it's going know, to be done. Soon I know now. you had a comment was it was it from Declan talking about um, you know and I, I want to I want to Declan City fan from the. Uh, the uh, other street. Yeah, why, why haven't FEI used licensing to enforce an upgrade of Oriel Park, not just to pitch every year to give that hole a license and then spend the year talking about the need to upgrade facilities? They could have went to the dock when they were putting 8 million in Europe and said, if this place isn't upgraded to this standard, you won't get a license in three years. Now, look, I, how many times have I said here about the FEI not enforcing licensing? It absolutely drives me crazy, right? That exists to all standards of Wi Fi, of everything, right? Um, but they're in such a cycle of giving derogations to one that you can't just go to one club who've got a load of money and say, well, you can't do it. They will just, well, hang on, why is Drawda allowed to have a stadium? Why are they allowed to do this? But all what about The problem is we don't have standards, you know? And unfortunately, with an dog pitch, right? It's a crap pitch. Uh, the dairy one is a bad pitch and that seems to be more vulnerable although it's a grey area over how these threats could be handed out the broader point is like Derry were passed to play UEFA football on their pitch last year Dundalk played European football in Oriel Park in 2021 mm. like these pitches are meeting standards that aren't just the FEI ones it doesn't mean they're good but they're just about passable so you cannot do that as much as you would like to um, and I think as well like the, the 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 situation going forward uh, now is that like the, the people in charge of Dundalk have inherited this pitch. They want to change it, but they don't have the six million quid that was there. I mean, but of course, money was frittered away. But you know, then you go into this whole argument of council funding, and you know, you could end that rabbit hole, and, and then you enter into water boundary territory. Um, I would like to see these pitches gone. It I think there's an important point to make that, but an important point as well is that these are bad. There, there's better Astros elsewhere in the country. I think this is mm. the other bit. Like, like Shamrock Rovers played mold on an Astro pitch. Um, I was there last October. Players weren't talking about the pitch afterwards. A lot of rugby played on uh, Astros as well at a top level. Yeah, like, like it's a yeah. difference. Like there's good quality surfaces there that exist, but the ones that aren't aren't good ones. Now, mm. I'd like to see a strong strategy. Someone asked how much does it cost to repair an Astro pitch. It could be anything from seven hundred and fifty grand to a million quid. Mm. Um, and clubs don't have that spare change knocking about to do it and, and yes they might have had money in the past um, and and there was no interest in, in looking at it then and that's a fair point to make but that's not a constructive way to deal with it now you know that's sort of like and again a lot of that comes from your own personal um, allegiances you know it's funny like Stephen O'Donnell talks about Astro I mean everything Stephen O'Donnell says is going to be a million comments from Pat's fan like Stephen O'Donnell could say could probably come out and say I support the, you know the rehousing of uh, of stray dogs and there's probably be a few Pat's fans would say you know it's a disgrace it's just a bit like how long is that pitch in in, in Oriel on it? it? It didn't. I I've, I've never really been a fan of Astro, and just from playing on it, I feel I'm in bits from it. Like, but I I, I don't know if that's just from Astro just getting old. But it wasn't an issue at Dundalk. Who no. was that? Robbie Benson said he didn't mind it when he was on. No, with and, like, and, and and look, and, and to be fair, right, there was a clip in the past of Stephen O'Donnell talking about people talking rubbish about the pitch, and I understand that point of view. Like, you know, Dundalk were very good on that pitch at a, at a period of time, um, but I just think even the shelf life of the pitch has reached mm. the stage now where does seem to be more injuries on it in the last period of time um, and I think that that's probably a, a situation like in Derry the, the volume of it and it's true you can only speculate you can only say is it a coincidence um, but 
Like it doesn't, it doesn't. Circumstantial to, evidence isn't good. No. It's not good. Like, no, it's um, not good. And, it doesn't, and you have. It doesn't affect the spectacle in a positive sense. No, and you now have like two really high profile managers in the league who manage clubs at their respective grounds really coming down on, on Astro. I don't see how this is going to end with anything other than grass pitches across the country in the next, hopefully, year or two. But, but, rip them up and put grass down. But, but, but it's not easy to do that. Like, I know you're saying rip them up and put them down, but like, who's going to pay for it? Well, if you rip up, it's ripping up the Astro isn't probably necessarily that expensive. Installing grass probably isn't necessarily that expensive. The managers are going to be putting more, a lot of pressure on the clubs here. Like they but don't. And I imagine d- players, will, players will probably now be reluctant to play on Astro but, week in week out. But, I presume. But Derry is a cancelled surface. Mm. Like this is not straightforward. Like in theory, it should be straightforward. But it's in like football, and it's going to be nothing as straightforward. Mm. Like I, I, I agree with your sentiment. That's what you should do. Rip them up. Like you know, people were saying, I got messages from people involved in football. They're burn the astro pitches i think everyone agrees with the sentiment i think take your personal opinions out of it i think most people know that steve mcdonald is right like some people just don't like him you know we'll, we'll point out what about he relative to the past that's fine i think most people agree the general point is correct um and like even when the new owners of the dog come in this time they actually have said they would like to replace it but it's also a case of and and, I, and to be fair to O'Donnell, he acknowledged it himself. I mean, he's not going to want seven hundred and fifty grand taken out of his budget, <laughs> you know, to do it like that. That would probably that would like decimate their squad. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, there's a, there's a long-standing issue, of course. With, it was with, only last season they were talking funding. about Terryland possibly going down the route of Astro. Imagine that, and that was considered even by the groundsman because there were over forty games yeah. in one month. And but realistic, the, but like up in Derry, the events that you play in there, you have mm. a lot of volume of games. Like Dundalk will have like there was a charity match there last Saturday. Um, you know, that was played on the pitch. That probably wouldn't have been possible to do that if it was a grass pitch with a game on the Sunday. So, like, there are, you know, there are obviously advantages from a practical point of view. As I said, in other countries, there are such a thing as good astro modern surfaces. Although it does seem that UEFA generally, from an environmental point of view, are looking at the uh, construction of these pitches. So, look, it's 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 a topic that come up. I think we'll probably talk about it again briefly with the lads that we've done a fair bit of it here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's true. Um, let me see. Dave already wanted us to expand a bit more on the idea of like a big weekend of, of having league games in the Aviva. I know we sort of, I was dismissive of it last week. Um, you know, and, and FICRA was like a rugby league of a magic weekend where the entire Premier League program is played over a weekend. I presume that would be like the old COVID where you have games, you know, sort of mm. two, four, six or whatever. Uh, look, I mean, I'm. I think you have to be open-minded to everything. I think Dave, like the cup semi-finals at the Aviva, I just don't think there'd be a willingness to do that because it t- might take away from the big event, the uniqueness of that. And I'd say even the availability of the Aviva and could be complicated just with the rugby schedule and so on. Um, I don't know how you feel. I haven't really asked. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind cup semi-finals potentially at a neutral venue. Um, it's a massive advantage and the. The prize of getting to the Aviva Stadium now, not only getting there, but having that option then of getting to Europe is is massive. And a cup semi-final away from home versus at home, um, maybe they could look into it. I, I tend to agree with you, Dan, though. I think the, the novelty of the Aviva, fi- uh, the Aviva uh, Stadium final is something to cherish in, us, in respect. And um, what would you do then? Having a double header, which I wouldn't be a big fan the of The RDS or somewhere. Um, I, I, the neutral venue for semi-finals, I, I'd be definitely open to because I think it, it, it'd be kind of novel in itself. And crowds are so good now it probably wouldn't be bad like, and, like, yeah, it'd be a la carte wouldn't it? Like, if you'd four it wouldn't Dub- be in the market field four Dublin <laughs> clubs no or like the, the Intermediate Cup in Jackman Park yeah, you know what I mean Jesus yeah like you know so, could you have one yeah. in Tom and yes but like you would need Cork 
you know, Treaty or Waterford to be involved. And if they're mm. not a Galway, maybe, you know, I, I think the idea in theory is fine, but I think I wouldn't be getting onto the FAI over this. Again, all of this is dancing away from the broader issue that, like, if we can just get our own stadiums right, we wouldn't have We do a have a big issue concerns. now in that. I, I think with, with the difficulty in getting anything done in Ireland, because we can't build houses, not to mind stadia, we're going to have so many ground issues like going forward where we could there's an, and I mean this in the, in the nice possible way there's an element of the quaint old stadium also being kind of cool and that like you know modern solar stadiums don't actually have that much atmosphere at times and I actually like going to the old fashioned grounds but take that apart the capacity is way too low now in so many venues if we're if we continue the upper trajectory Say like Bows, yeah, say Bows and Rovers in Daily Mount. You could fill 20,000 probably. Yeah, I don't know Not about far that. off. Well, it depends. I think it needs to be a game. title side maybe. But I think, you know, title side yes. I mean, like four That's times, now, four, four, four four times, four times a season, maybe not. But like, I think, listen, I think the point is, I don't think we're going to get to a situation where we're going to have like, you know, uh, big solar stadiums like the Premier League ones like Southampton or... No, know, I, obviously, you know, that's just an example. Like, like we're going to have like, you know, better versions of what we have and I think mm. that's what we, that's what we need. But, but um, you know, listen, we've got Euro 2028. It's got a legacy. Yeah. It's going to solve everything. Mm. Um, yeah. Aiden, Aiden Corbett, uh, due to Kerry's positive reaction, will we see any new clubs join the LOI and WNL 2024, 2025 or women's Premier Division as it is now? I'd like to think so. Um, I'd like to think the Kerry example would inspire Mayo in particular, but again, I think Kerry are quite well organised and prepared and uh, you can't just come up with that overnight. Thomas Thorny had a good, um, sent us a thing from the archives about uh, a crossover between 1993 and now. That famous game where the Bows bus broke down, it was before you were a League of Ireland fan, I was at the game in Oriel Park, the dog were playing Bows, Bows are looking to win the league, but um, oh, yeah. but uh, the Bows bus broke down in Whitehall and I remember they were late for the game, had a five minute warm up and lost one nil. I remember the delay, I actually saw the picture in Whitehall, which is, um, looks to be quite close to where I live which has actually popped up three times in popular culture in recent times one being this Thomas Thorny clip isn't really positive you know, isn't really a popular culture two was the, the Liam Brady documentary or the Chippy Brady brilliant, brilliant. Your, your mate Chippy as you keep referring brilliant. to his Chippy everyone knows it was Chippy no, they don't they do uh, they don't it's Sean O'Connor from both Chippy like. no you don't you, you refer to him as Chippy all the time yeah as though you're his mate. They I, don't. I used to work with his son as well he was Chippy Junior yeah yeah okay but anyway mm. that was uh, Liam Brady grew up in Ellenfield Park didn't it hurt his left up by the way Ellenfield Park is where he like played his football and that was in the documentary and the third one that was class was uh, the, the Regency shooting they all went across <laughs> Ellenfield park as well there was a documentary and i realized that where i used to go for a walk during lockdown all this stuff happened so the bose bus uh brady growing up and uh, the regency the bose bus has been a feature of the show today of but, course but it has a different bose <laughs> bus yeah but thomas pointed out that there was a fury at the time over the someone over reading a scoreline over the pa system now, this is one of the things in daily mount last week they gave the halftime scores and then a few minutes into the second half they updated it that it was two nil to shells now I've, did they I, update it when it was two all i had some no or two one i had someone to be saying it was just updating a halftime score I'm like did they update it on I'm the not vinyl I'm having this I'm not Bose there's no way Bose would have called over and actually uh, there's another goal in Derry or wherever wherever the other game was you know UCD Cork if there'd be the second goal would they have updated that bullshit right but anyway um, are they in the title race then who Bose oh you're obsessed with the title are race are they everyone's in the title race at the moment because who's out of it UCD but they're not in it one at the weekend. Cork probably aren't in it, but everyone is technically in the title race. Actually, got this kind of for the mailbag. I would be worried about Cork based on their performance in Belfield. Um, I think their actually was quite low as well, Dan. Um, 
My mate Julian went along to the game. He backed over two and a half goals, missed the first goal. There probably was no other goal. That's probably a data breach. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, Cork, Cork, Cork are strange because they scored what? They should have beaten possibly Sligo and Shamrock Rovers away and then they lost to UCD. Um, I think, yeah, it, the battle for second and last is going to be interesting. It is. Battle to avoid yeah, second Yeah, no, the UCD are definitely, you know, they're, they're, they'll Big be win for UCD, they'll be targeting Cork, all right. Although mm. I still, I, mean, I still just can't see it. But uh, no, this, that's the main mailbag topic. If you sent other mailbag questions and I haven't uh, included them, that's basically my fault. I will uh, apologise for that. Now the quiz business um, for the Rascals sponsored tour, by Collar and Co. Last week's question was: Could you name the three teams who were in the first, the first? Iteration of the first division that are in the Premier Division now. So we had a couple of guesses, some wrong answers. The right answers were Derry, Drada, and Sligo Rovers. Now I probably I would have got Derry, obviously. Um, I might have got Drada. I don't think I would have got Sligo Rovers mm. being in the the first division. And Sligo Derry. Sligo have, have been in the Premier Division since like the early nineties. If well, not, they won the FEI Cup as a first division team with William mm. McStay, wasn't it? Um, but was it ninety four? No, Maybe ninety five. They've been no, no. They, they they had a spell in the first division when Sean Connor was there in the two thousands. Definitely, I remember one of the first Ooh. times I met Sean Connor was going up to do a piece when I was in the Star. Um, and I think Sligo. Sean, in first, as in Sean, Sean the character, like Sean, Sean the fellow from the north. Yeah, yeah, he was a he Sean was, Connor. Yeah, yeah, character. Yeah, I was sorry, he was thinking of somebody else there. Um, yeah. he was he was and is a character. Obviously. Well, yeah, he remains yeah. a character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, they, they were they did have. He only remains a character. Like yes. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he definitely does. Um, was so, he yeah. recommended by Steve Bruce or something? Am I going mad? No, I think the the Sean Connor story was that the Bowes players before a game <laughs> got a motivational letter. Um, handed someone an envelope, and the, the opened the envelope, and the letter just read "Best wishes, Steve Bruce." <laughs> There was a story as well before going out. He, he, he was the previously the press officer at Birmingham when Steve Bruce was there. There was a story as well about going out going to Daily Mount at a game they had no chance of winning. And Sean promising like um, a big bonus to the players before the game as motivation. And they won. They won the game. That's the end of the story, by the way. That's <laughs> the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> For all sorts of That's, reasons. You've, but, uh, you've, uh, Sean, the memory it? lives on. I think I think Go United like absolutely fell off a cliff that season and then went out of business actually afterwards for two years. Now they're top of the table and we're going to win but the first division. They got an unspecified win bonus <laughs> at that time. Anyway, uh, this week's question. I'm not even sure who to give the mailbag prize to. I mean, I might give it to Jamie for his chocolate stuff, to be honest. I mean, yeah, listen, he's, he's, he's a trier. Um, just not good in the Kit Kat. Just, you know, I mean, we'll give you the prize, Jamie. He got, he, got, he got the name of the bar wrong. He called it a Kit Kat what? Kit Kat uh, Crunchy. Crunchy. That's just two different, that's two different They're bars. bars like. Yeah. I mean, you, the, you know the Crunchy, by the way? You know the um, orange, what do they call it in the middle? It's it's literally just honeycomb. I, I, as far as I know, what you do here is you put sugar in the pan and put in water, boil it. That's what happens. Basically, it turns out like that. And then cover with chocolate, that's crunchy. But this is not the name of the bar of chocolate. It was a Kit Kat Chunky. Well, there you yeah. go. I mean, again, Johnny Ward's foodie career moves ever closer. This week's question. Um, I'll go back into the archives a little bit again, right? So, this is for the Rascals Brewery Guided Tour. Um, there are two current League of Ireland managers who have uh, been part of Derry City Premier Division winning squads. Declan Devine is one. Who's the other one? So... If you've been member, there's people managing in this league who've been members of Derry City. Your questions are definitely improving. Derry then. City title-winning squads. Declan Devine is one. I think Who what you're there? doing is now there's an element of an element of doubt or trick question in your questions now. So you you can't just Google them necessarily. There's a bit of a so, bit yeah. of work involved. So there we go. So get your answer in, as ever. Uh, LOI Central Pod on Twitter 
and on Instagram. Let's bring in keyboard Kevin Doherty. Bit of housekeeping also, Dan. Um, we didn't name the winner of uh, the Rascals Brewery Tour Prize last week. La- this week, last week's winner, um, Irish Football Retweets, delighted and actually can't wait to... Not, not uh, his real name, to be Obviously tear. not, Ralph yeah. Ralph Ross. Yeah, Irish, Irish. Um, Ralph's going to come over to the brewery. This week's winner is... This guy doesn't really have a name. You have the name, Johnny. Do have... The, well, I don't actually have the name, so I'm saying his name um, on Twitter uh, is... Ferg official. Ferg official. It's just Ferg underscore official. Um, we call you always suspicious as sort of regular members of the public who describe themselves as the official something. He's followed by Rascal's Brewing Company, which would imply that this was an inside <laughs> job. Like he's not followed by anyone else I know. He did join January 2012, so he's kind of been just waiting to win so this prize. It's a long sleeper project to it's like eventually scam a quiz prize. Thirteen when, when Rascal's didn't exist in January 2012. He looks. Um, Looks like he's a fan of the outdoors. Um, in his what's in anyway, he's obviously a fan of craft beer. Um, a thriller in all square is his last, which was done. Dog Derry game that Keith Ward was playing in. There you go. So he's legit. He's he legit. Uh, the first thing is happy birthday to Kevin Doherty. Kevin Doherty and Keith Ward are here. <laughs> who, who basically gave me this crap that he was like, oh, I've been waiting to come on the podcast. I took a half day for you. He didn't take a half day for the podcast. He took a half day because it's actually your forty third birthday, Kev. It is, John. Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking fresh. No no grey hair. Not a grey hair award. Oh, there's a few in there, all right. They're well hidden, I think. Yeah, you're using some kind of old school brill cream, or yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old it's not red brill cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not broke. Don't Keith, fix it. Keith Ward used to work around. Uh, we're in Oliver Martin, Glasnevin. Used to deliver craft beer from around here. I did. I know my way around these. Parts. Yeah. What, what, what was that? That was back in the Bose days. Yeah. Glory days. The glory days. Your um your nashers look un- unbelievable as well. I mean, up there with Jack Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get a photo of Keith's teeth as well. That's, a, that's all I've got. There was a play, there was a playmaker's right. <laughs> um, Different for centre half, obviously. You know more um, work. What's going on, lads? I just have to pay more and half monthly. He probably played them up front. It's <laughs> <laughs> all that Cyprus money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we'd to say to the lad. Well, we probably do, yeah. We yeah. may talk about football, maybe. Uh, Kevin Doherty, we'll start, right? You've done a lot of travel in the last couple of weeks. Sort of yeah. slipped under the radar. Yeah, You've been yeah. all over the country. And yeah, a postman, or like. And, yeah, <laughs> in the football and, and beyond. But, um, yeah, in the last, well, it was just over two weeks, we were in Cork, Derry, Sligo. And obviously we had Pats at home on the, the bank holiday Monday, so or Easter Monday. So, yes, it was a fair old... Uh, and didn't lose any of those away games? No. Um, five points, was it, from three? Yeah, five. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we look, I'm getting greedy, but we probably could have won the other two. Um, we'd have really good chance. Armour McNally had a, had a header in the last seconds, really, against Cork. It was a decent enough chance. And Although, yeah, he certainly a draw. was probably a, a, a decent result to get down in Sligo. We, we, we definitely had the better chances. Uh, Ryan scored and probably could have got another one or two, but... Uh, I'd oh, be very, very happy with the return of the points in those troubles. You're sort of slipping under the radar a bit, maybe. Like you're having a pretty good That's season. That's why I haven't been coming in here. <laughs> yeah. Keep under. No, look, it's 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 gone well um, so far, but we are very early. I mean, it's ten games, but I mean, considering looking, I mean, I'd, I'd have been talking to you at the launch and stuff and what we were being predicted for and what we everyone would have expected. And look, probably not just people saying it to me. I mean, I would have been certainly. Thinking of ourselves with with stuff that was happening in the off season and, and losing players again as we as we tend to do that it's going to be a tough season and it, and it will be a tough season and it is a tough season but look we've done okay it's, we've been in every game um, which is which is good it's probably have you lost Santa more by goal so far actually? yeah twice Bowes and Pats 
both on the Monday night. Two were at the Bowls game. Mm. Um, we were competitive tw- in that game one as well. And, and even yeah. to be fair, the Pats won. I mean, Pat scored a, a sloppy goal in our behalf in the 96 minutes, you know. But mm. I say the Bowls game, even though you and Danny said we were competitive in it, we were, but it was probably the one time I thought we were a little bit off. But um, you had struggling with Friday to Monday. Well, we lost those two games. The other one we lost was against Dundalk. Shouldn't have lost that game. Even Wardy was saying out there, we probably should have won. I didn't say that. No, I wouldn't say we struggle in them. It's certainly, it, it's a little bit different with, genuinely, like sometimes we, we play on a Friday and lads are going into work after the game or, or mm. on the Saturday morning. So yeah, it can be tough but with this sort of small squad we have as well. But just, we, we, we do okay in them. On that, Kevin, just Shane Keegan was on about uh, when he went, got the Wexford job full-time on Saturday and off the ball, Stephen Kenny said to him, what are you doing? Part-time is way better for you. Like you, you basically you have all this other crap now to take on. What, What's that like for you, actually? Because, like, say if you got the offer of um, a full-time job in the morning, I presume that's the holy grail for managers. Well, look, I'd, yeah, I'd love to be, love to be full-time. Withdraw it if possible. Um, mm. well, I'm really happy there, so obviously a lot going on over the last while, so hopefully at, at some stage something, something might uh, come to fruition on that. But, um, look, again, I'm, I'm lucky in the job that I do. Again, I was on the word outside about it. If I was sitting in an office nine to five, it would be very, very difficult to mm. manage a club. But the fact that I'm out and about and I'm on the phone to probably a hundred people, like over the week, you know, um, Dar- dropping the post to the wrong house well, and going to call the player. Have, yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> my mind is very, very much uh, directed towards Drada when I'm out doing the post. But we talking to Dara, like he, he's Dara Doyle. Yeah, Dara's uh, out reading gas meters. I was like, saying earlier on we were um, we were playing Rovers one of the nights. It was on Friday, and I was delivering my post and. I rang Dara as I do, or he rings me, and he was literally around the corner up near you, so <laughs> reading the gas meters. And then Gary Deegan pulled up in the post family between the two of us. And we were playing Shamrock Rovers that night, like, you know, so it sort of can, Jesus, like... Yeah, Did Gary Deegan uh, stare you out of it? No, Gary Deegan's all right with me. Dara <laughs> <laughs> was running away. Very, very good. He was yeah. on the podcast, Wardy, like, I was, like, I was just, afraid of him. Football language just takes over your life. Like, Dara's yeah. just, like, expected gas. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all this <laughs> yeah, yeah. XG. Well, in fairness, we... That's a terrible <laughs> joke. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Throw out there. Okay. No, Wardy, Wardy's not having it. just went past me. No, but no, Deegan, again, it's funny, I only saw a stat yesterday about the average, or I think there was eight players that played... 90 minutes in the league so far, every, sorry, every minute of every game so far, and the average age of the other seven was 20, 24, and the other one was Gary Deegan, yeah. 45. That's, that's, that's it's, yeah. how, how do you, like, I know he's kept himself, he's big into, like, um, I suppose, fitness off Twitch and that, but that, it's phenomenal, because it's not, it's not an easy league, even with a guy of his standard. No, and it's not, and it's not like he's just getting by either, he's, he's excelling, he's, he's really, really been excellent in all the games, um, he, he brings so much to, Again, a lot of it can be lost in the Gary Deegan image, and the, mm. but he's a really, really good player, mm. like an excellent footballer. Like, and, and, and he's also he, he does have all your stuff. And later in the way, made him the captain. He is a, a natural leader, but again, his, his talent, his football ability, is, is really, really good, and he's, he's been brilliant for me. Um, Keith, you did mention that yeah, the 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 game in Drogheda. To be fair, I watched that game; they were very good, and they are punching above their weight, regardless of what you say. Yeah, they are. They've um. To be honest, even though I've been back at Dundalk, all the games, they beat us twice there last year. They beat us in the Jim Malone Cup twice. And then even this year, in the game, we beat them 1-0. They probably were the better side. I think Stevie would tell you that himself. Um, even at the games now, there's a great atmosphere. There's good crowds at the match as well. And 
just not an easy game. Like you know, like speaking about the Eagle players like that there, but they've got a lot of quality there. I think Dale Rooney's having a great season. Actually, on Dale Rooney, yeah, the, I I I apologise to the guy who put out these stats on Twitter. Um, Andrew Canine. Andrew Canine. Cheers, Dan. So there was a stat of it was like um, kind of a graph on the left, graph on the bottom, and it was like kind of chances created, um, and I suppose red zone type data, but. Jack Byrne was literally miles ahead of everyone else. But the next one was Rooney, actually. Yeah. He's some left back, doesn't he? He probably has yeah, the best left foot in the league. Yeah, really? really, really good, he just yeah. looks fair this year. I don't know. Like, I, I know he's been a shells and news, and he's a player that, you know, you watch and you say, geez, he's got a great left foot. And he, he'd have moments. But this year, he just looks like consistently every game, he's having big moments in games, and he just looks at an absolute threat. Like, and um, obviously, you got the big striker, Draper, and that, that you can put a ball in, that you can go and attack. And. Yeah, he just looks like he's having a good season. No, that's what you, said, what you said there about consistency, and I've spoken to Dale about this last year. Like he had flashes last year. Like he he had a good season, a really good season last year. But he has been more consistent. Uh, he hasn't given the ball away as much. Again, as you say, he's a wand of a left foot and put cross in. It'd be so much more to his game as, than that as well. He works really, really hard. But what is he? Twenty four, I think now. Mm. Um, yeah, and he was there at Chelsea. Half, well, I was going to say half, nearly. I'd say. 60-70% of our squad have been at Chelsea something including all of our coaching staff um, Shells people of course Dan <laughs> um, we just uh, I, he was at the sort of 70s when I was when I was managing Shells and I, I, I do remember him and it was, it was great to sign him around the car park actually there Ikea um, <laughs> yes, it's like frame of reference yes, everything today yeah, it is but um, he, he's been excellent for us and, and this year he's he is contributing a lot of uh, Chances or creates a lot of chances, and said so he does. He's liable to, to score a spectacular goal as well. At times, he has he did a couple last year as well. Mm. Tw- 25 now, we should say, like, like all of us, Kev. He's getting well, a year older. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, the, the, the game on Sunday, I was at an Oriel. Um, I suppose like the pitch comments afterwards from your manager have maybe generated the most attention, but as a game generally, it's sort of swung. I think the knockaway per in the first half, I think tentative was the word that. That, that Stevie O'Donnell used um, much better second half yeah I thought um, the first half didn't really settle down did it it was a bit of a basketball game just kind of bypassed the midfield it was hot I couldn't believe how hot it was at the game the other day and obviously that doesn't help the pitch because it's very sticky and dry the pitch but I thought the second half was entertaining um, I thought we'd done well to get back in the game obviously a bit of a mad minute with Johannes getting the second goal. Eight seconds from the yeah, restart. madness. Yeah. Um, just disappointing not to hold off, you know, um, to give away a goal from a set piece as well. Like, And yeah, probably probably a fair result in the end, probably from a neutral watching in, but um, I thought performance-wise and that, like we were okay second half and thought the effort was there as well. I just think um, just a little bit of luck and probably it's not going for us at the moment but uh, I think you know togetherness and everything it's still there you know and hopefully on Friday we can get back to winning So what's the players perspective on the pitch then because you you do play in it more than anyone I know you guys train on it a bit too so like what's uh, what's your view on it? (laughs) I don't mind it to be honest Um, I'm used to playing on it Uh, most teams I've been at we've nearly trained on Astros like but when you see a game like Sunday when it's hot and it's dry, like it's it's terrible. It is bad. Now when the was it water beforehand or yeah, it probably was, yeah. and it probably just dried up. Yeah. Um, now when it's when it's water and it, or if it's night when it's raining, the pitch is great to play on. It's mm. fast and you can play good football on it, you know. But personally, I don't mind that. You know, people don't really like tackling on it, so it probably suits me better. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't mind it. But like you said, I think going forward in the league, if you want to get it better and the way it's going at the moment I, I do think you'd rather be playing on grass pitches what, what do you think Kev as a manager when you're 
I mean, he had a great result in the brand new L, I suppose. Yeah. But when you're getting ready to to go to play in these grounds, is the pitch sort of in your head in some ways? Well, thinking? we do again, as Wardy said, we do train on Astro a lot ourselves. Um, Where do you train, Kevin? Train Diffy. It's the Trotter Institute of Further Education, and there is only an Astro pitch on it. Now we do use the pitch a lot, but there has been a bit of work done to the pitch, so I sort of try to stay it off. But again, we were playing Derry that week as well, so it was fine to train it. But look again, I think everyone, I think you want to be mad to to say. We, we would prefer all the pitches to be Astros. I think everybody would prefer to, to play in a good grass pitch. Like, is the point as well? We, we talked about before you lads come on. It's that it's actually they're not particularly good Astros. Like there actually are good Astro surfaces you play on. Even around like Shamrock Rovers played Molda. I mentioned it. I think Jerk Garden might be an Astro as well. It's just that they're not actually particularly the, the best versions of Astro pitches either. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because again, my daughter now she's eleven. She plays football and. I'd much prefer to be playing on Astro than playing on the grass. Mm. Because again, you I mean you could be going to the local park and the pitch is bald bobbling up over them and the game. That's yeah. levels of Kev, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's grand if grand for like me and Dan on a Wednesday, but yeah. it's not, not for not <laughs> no. for lads who are playing at elite level and are clearly getting injured. No, hundred percent I agree with you. I was just saying that but the, the the theory of it is isn't the worst. Like I mean, again, the surface is always going to be the same if it's a really, really good surface like the one that you're saying. Mm. Um no, but ideally, yeah, if 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 Probably no real reason why we can't all have grass pitches like this. Like again, I mentioned our pitch. Our pitch is, is really, really good most of the time, and we'd have only one, a local man coming to the ground man working on it, and Ian helps him out. Like you know, so again, I, I would imagine that it, there was there's financial uh, implications of why they were put down in the first place, and yeah, why they, again, and even for instance, we rent we rent out our training ground. Our, Pitch was natural. We'd be training on every day, so there is financial. But, but uh, you, know, you, you kind of lose a bit of your soul as well. So I remember like looking at old a- annuals there in St Francis, right? When St Francis won the league, Baldonnel was an unbelievable pitch. I think it's actually Astro now, right? You lo- like so. You got, I always loved Terryland. Always had a great reputation. Brilliant pitch, despite the fact it's always raining in Galway. Brilliant pitch. Then when you go to Astro, it's like, well, I don't really have a grounds one that matters anymore. It's just like it's an Astro pitch. It's fake, like so. I don't know. I, I I'm glad that now there seems a groundswell of opinion that groundswell, eh? Yeah, but, but like even if you look at Derry playing in the Viva Stadium last year when they play in Tala, how much they look better than than their their Brandywell record is terrible for whatever reason. I don't know if that's is that because teams park the bus or is it because I don't know it, it, their record on Astro is terrible. Well, it's obviously when you're flown up to play against Derry, you go up with a certain game plan. Mm. If you go up to Derry, whether playing on Astro or playing on concrete, you just you say we're going to get at these and we're in their faces and we're trying to get up beyond them or whatever like they're going to hurt you because the mm. players as he said the FAI Cup final I mean they played on, on, a, on a big grass pitch there and they were excellent but they've been excellent in the Brandywell as well and again I know people were talking about Dundalk Dundalk have won how many leagues on Astro maybe mm. the, the pitch has probably progressively got worse over the years in, mm. in Dundalk as well yeah 100% it's the way forward is that we would all have perfectly uh Perfectly good grass pitches and, and perfectly good referees. Oh, yeah, well, look, <laughs> everything. We're all aiming for that utopia. Is, is it bad, Morty? Like oh, with the referees, I don't know if I'm getting older and you get a bit grumpier, obviously. But uh, I do. Like I know refs have a tough job. Like it, it is tough. Um, I watched the game on Friday. I went to the Bowls game. Um, the sending off. I watched it. I was like in line. I thought it was a sending off. At the time. This is the Flores. Yeah. And like I know in the moment, different like line, I see different sides. It can look like a free one side if you're on the other side. It doesn't. I know it's tough, but it's just 
the communication between them and that. Like, I don't know, they're a bit arrogant this year or something, or it's just, I don't know, but, like, we've been frustrated definitely this year with referees, and I'm not just saying that from decisions they've given us, but even against other teams as well, I'm thinking, like, come on. It's the relationship, I think. I, we spoke mm. about that it with Tomas Conley last week, and that's maybe what we didn't get to, like... You know, you want to get to a point, I suppose, where you can have a bit of back and forth, but it seems like with some refs, that's off limits. Yeah, and like, like well, to be fair, the, I don't know about you, but we had a referee come in this year yeah. from the union or whatever it is, and they, they were showing us and explaining the decisions, which I think is good as well, because it lets us talk about our, like what we feel, mm. and they can explain things, and it clears up things. But even in, they showed us three clips... I remember we were all laughing. I know it sounds bad, but they showed us three clips and we had to say yellow or red. But one of these wasn't even a foul. And he told us it was red. And you're like, it's, it's not even... Like, he's clearly won the ball. So I don't know if just maybe the rules of just... Like, we don't know the rules or something like that. Kev got suspended for a red card in Brandywell. But again, I was like, that's not even... I'm not even sure that's a foul. But others would say it was a red card. So I don't know the rules. That's what... And I, Trent last Lost, night. Is that handball? No. Sorry, I, I, I leads. I back leads. I was like, I hear. So <laughs> like, ball, that no. was Obviously, that wasn't... That was one goal. <laughs> Handball, yeah, like, I don't know. Apparently, it was too it was too early in the move. But anyway, he just literally handled the ball. But the six uh, one, Johnny, you're robbed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Is like when you're saying, Kev, you got sent off for that. Like, yeah, well, I got sent off for my reaction to mm. uh, Manny sending off as again at the time, and I still still don't. T- I genuinely, I didn't think it was even a foul. I know it's that. Different he was sent off. It would appear for a last man yeah. offence, which which he wasn't. But it could be argued that it was a red card under the rules, the laws. Well, of the again, game. the laws of the game, and Wardy alluded to it there. Like they, they are ever evolving, and there's there is stuff happening that you have to apply common ago. sense, Kev. Like, sorry, no, the laws are laws, said, but like, like you can jaywalk. Like he's well, deemed to have lost control when he's tackling from behind, and he's off. I think yeah, that's but even what I, and I, I see, and again, I've seen some of the reaction to it as well, and the debate about that particular tackle and. People saying he got the ball. Well, that doesn't matter anymore. That's that's one yeah. law. That used to be something different. Tackling from behind doesn't. Just if you tackle from behind is not straight right card. If I mean you can go, go around, go like around. Yeah. exactly, yeah. which is exactly what I thought Manny did at the time, and, and you had to be convinced. But yeah, as I said, I got sent off from my reaction, which is fine, and probably shouldn't have done it. But again, in the heat of the moment, you really, really frustrated. You're going up to the brandy. We've already spoken about how you have to set up, and it's hard going up there, and you're then a man down after. 26 minutes of one, so... We'll see, Wardy mentioned there the the Trent's uh, handball last night. Take that take that apart. Like, I remember, was it Latvian referees came over to do a game between Rovers and Pats? It was a dead rubber yeah, at the end of right. the season. And I happened to be at the game reporting on it. But, um, like, he let everything go. And I mean everything. And I was like, this is bananas. And Stephen Bradley was like, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I do think, I do think in general, managers would prefer to be on the line of let things go rather than constant yellow cards. Like, now maybe I'm wrong. Now again, I said this, um, we had a player booked in UCD after, I think it was two minutes for very little, and I spoke to the referee about it, and he, he did say, look, he probably was a book, and it doesn't matter if it's the first minute or the 90th minute, and again, I accepted it, and at the time, I think I was asked about it, um, and about the, how many yellow cards there are, and it tends to be the ca- same every season, if some sort of new directive or interpretation of a directive comes in you'll get them a lot of them will happen in the four series of games and then things do settle down but you're right we do like to see the games flow but again 
It's very. I mean, but Kevin, are we are we getting more energy? Are we getting sorry? Are we getting more inner injuries now from pitches rather than bad tackles? Like gen, really a genuine question. Do, you don't get you yeah. don't get that. Well, that's an awful. That's a leg breaker. These are like nitty gritty challenges. Maybe a little bit. It's a fast game. There will be late challenges. Like yeah, they're very rarely a, a, a tackle. Um, you're talking about the Flores one. There was the one up in, in your game on Sunday. It was, uh, that was uh, the red card. Wasery Williams, yeah, yeah. Like, again, Even, even, even the cranks in Oriel, who, to be fair, had been on to the ref the whole game. Everyone's like, uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, I'd yeah. imagine I'd go down like excessive force, or something like you can't. You can't I think actually Wasery went down with his head round his hands, yeah. Yeah. which probably didn't help either. But there's not many tackles like like that anymore, you know. So again, and. If, we're talking about referees, it's an incredibly difficult job. Mm. Like genuinely, when I would have been Tim's assistant, say, and now Dara, even trying to referee a game in training is like yeah. horrendous. Mm. It's mm. like your own, your own players yeah. to be on to you. Like it's, I cannot, and I'm as guilty as anyone, probably more than, than, than a lot of people of appealing for stuff as soon as again, because you're fighting for your own team. You're trying to get every, mm. trying to get every, and it's, it's really, really tough for the referee. It's an incredibly difficult job. And I, I, I know they are. And obviously, I've spoken to Ian Stoke myself during the season. They are accessible. Listen to Tomas's interview or our podcast we used last week. I know how how difficult and under the spotlight they they are because there's so there is so many contentious decisions and people see them every week now almost straight away. It's really really tough. But again, me like every other manager, even Marty talking about Dundalk, I feel that some big things, a couple of last minute penalties we we could have had one against Shamrock Rovers. Was ninety fifth minute? Yeah, that, that was a penalty. I think. But, yeah. but again, yeah. we got, we could win the game. But again, he swings it around about. Already wants to come in there. Now, just a uh, memory popped into my head. We played an in house friendly with Bowles. You know, we were supposed to have a, a match the weekend pre season. It was called off, so we played two elevens against each other because we had a kind of a big squad, and the gaffer Keith at the time got a ref in just to ref it. And Detzer got booked in an in-house friend. He's the only player to ever get booked <laughs> in an in-house friend. Probably should have, in fairness, yeah. that doesn't surprise yeah. Probably should have been red as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't there. Yeah. He's the only man to get booked in a friendly, in-house friendly against each other. Um, God, Keto's going to move on to Keith here. Have you got something else to the referees, Johnny? The, the last oh, thing okay. I would say, though, was like when, when you have a game recently where a player is doing like like these laughing emojis at a referee's call in a first division game. I, I do think players have to have no, a bit more I, respect I, I, for that yeah. because th that, that person is watching that and it does make him feel pretty shit like it does. And I, I think, you know, like, in fairness to Damien Duff, he didn't call out the referee in particular that night, but I do think there's an element that you do have to think the player, respect. because nobody gives a shit about the referee ultimately. And that's the bottom line. And I think there is, there has to be a little bit of respect like, because we need we need referees. No, I mean, we know. need referees. And like, like even ourselves, like like if I'm playing on a Sunday, and I kick the ball out of play, like I'm claiming for that. Mm. Like so, you're like you're constantly. Yeah, yeah, claiming exactly. For you're, teams you're, that the, aren't yours. you're the yeah. you know it's not a penalty. You're in the yeah. ref's face saying it's a penalty. So you are like, but like you're not. You're trying to influence the referee. You know what I mean? And like stuff like that. But there is like like that respect. I don't like seeing things like that, and I'd never like to see anyone like abusing a referee like that or getting personal. Like it's just. I don't know, just to find that kind of balance between, like, like you see the referees in rugby and other sports mm. where they get complete respect, like, and I think the mm. rugby, it's great, and mm. you can hear him, maybe it's something like that, or only captains can speak to refs going forward, I don't know, but something. Okay. No, they do, yeah. they, they, as I said, it's an incredibly difficult job, they do deserve massive respect. Again, I've just sent off for the first time in my coaching, whatever, 12, 13 years I've been doing it, the other day, and I went in and spoke to the referee after the game, and, like, spoke to him as I'm speaking to you here, mm. and, like, it was a decision made, like, you certainly have to, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't agree with 
going on social media and, and highlighting stuff as a player, manager, coach, or anything like that, because you do they do deserve respect for for the job they're doing. It as I said, it's a it's a really really difficult job, and we know that they're out trying to make improvements on everything. They've obviously got their own system now, the ref pa, whatever. Yeah, which I but think is potentially like as you said, a yellow card in the second minute seems to be. Those type of things could be a product of that. Yeah, I, 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 they're probably under more scrutiny now than, than they have been because, again, they get, they're getting instant access to stuff as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, I, I think we, as much as I get frustrated and, and very frustrated at times with decisions that don't go your way, I don't care if the other team's decisions don't go away. That's the nature of, of yeah. football. Like, we do have to get over it and move on and try and improve what Damien said about improving standards everywhere, we have to improve everything. And mm. if that's part of it, then yeah, absolutely. What's yeah, and, the, and, and the funny thing is, like we actually had a mailbag comment as well about Damien Duff, that on one hand he's talking about uh, refereeing standards, and the other he's talking about getting his players to learn the dark arts a bit more. You know, mm. like, like, yeah. like, and that's yeah. an element, and it's what you said, yeah. Keith, like it's an element of like influencing referees as part of being good oh. at the dark arts. I mean, Damien Duff himself as a player was the master of winning the cheap free kick, mm. getting his body, and then, so you know, and that's part of the game. Yeah, so like that's, you know, this is, this is part of it. I was, I was, do you know what I mean? Like in Hollywood, right? Like, no, uh, no, uh, like obviously a- Hollywood actor, County Down. Maybe. Actors, uh, yeah. actors knock a couple of years off their age. You know, like every actor is like. So I was like, I'm going to ask Keith Ward about becoming like you know a senior player. I'm going to check his age and then I'm going to Keith Ward's Wikipedia. Keith Ward born 17th of June 1994. Yeah, Has someone done a job on your Wikipedia here? Because then, I, then I see down below it says. 12th of October 1998 yeah. 32 I'm thinking that's more like it yeah. but who's who's I mean, who's done the 17th of June 1994 I don't know someone said that to me before but uh, no 33 now in October it's time flies do you feel like a senior player you know, you know you get that stage we walk in you probably as a kid you walk into a dressing room you see the senior players do you accept that you are now one yeah, of those yeah I do I probably feel like it as well some training sessions um, no I do I enjoy that bit I used to love being the younger player when I was younger and looking up to at Dundalk like a Jay Bourne or a Colin Hawkins and that I used to love you know just being that younger lad and looking up to the older lads and just bombarding them with the randomest questions ever and just finding out everything I could about them like you know just stupid things like that but now I just I do like being the older player obviously and seeing the young I used to love the young lads coming in especially at Bowes with the players coming through I used to enjoy seeing them coming in training and even if you can help them with little things and just recognising things in their games that you can help. And yeah, it's great. Like, you know, um, it's tougher, obviously, at Dundalk because we're full-time. You don't get as many young lads in because obviously they're in school and that. But uh, there is obviously a few good young lads coming through. Obviously, Manny, that's gone to draw that would do with us as well. Like So yeah, I do obviously enjoy it from that end. And then obviously you can just wind up the young lads, can't you? And get them to do stupid things. Mm-hmm. Is it tough, though, to feel that... Um, when you feel that I'm just slightly losing a yard here, like, or do you yeah. feel like that? Yeah, like, like, oh, it's not like I think thirty. I always say in football is kind of a big thing when your body kind of changes a little bit, and in your head you're getting to the ball, and then like your legs are telling you no, like mm. you know. But I obviously I still feel as fit. I'm probably the fittest I've been this year, and like in the running this year, I've been flying and in the gym, obviously because it's a full time environment. It's it's massive for someone like me. Um, but there is things like that. Um, you just have to kind of choose your runs a bit smartly, that and you know, and just manage the game a little better and look after yourself. Like, like I was saying, I can I can relate to um, Kev about draw the like you know, like the biggest thing about full time football is recovery and you know mm. getting your sleep and you know not getting up at seven eight in the morning and doing going to the job and that like I can relate to that at balls and that was a big thing you know and that's the, probably the biggest thing in football now is recovery and. 
spending your extra hour in the gym and that that you can that you're not doing in job so that to me has been massive for me because the thing is i don't think there's a huge amount of full-time players in the league now in your age bracket you know like a lot of them sort of um i know that, i know there's ronan finn and probably andy boyle richie Taylor, probably a year or two younger than you maybe Connor or, yeah but yeah. like there's not like you obviously see a lot of people in the league they they just step away from it at a particular stage like you know you're you're obviously pretty determined to, to sort of keep going, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, to be fair, like, uh, the fire, like, I still burns, like, you know, I still yeah. want to do well in this league. I still want to win something at Dundalk this year, like, whether it's a cup or a league. I still, you know, I don't want my career to dwindle out or at, and you know what I mean? I still feel like I have a lot to offer, and, and that's why I enjoy it there, and that's why I enjoy keeping up with the young lads and training, knowing that I still can do this, you know, and it's great looking around. Obviously, Finner, like I even said it to him a year or two ago, saying you're still flying. You know what I mean? He's um, phenomenal. Yeah, like, I, yeah I can't he's always been like that. Yeah. yeah. But he's a great professional. And then, like, Boiler obviously looks like fit as that and still Boiler. But I think it's great, even as a coach, like, I think it's great to have someone like Gary Deegan for the young lads to look up to and say, this is what it takes. You know what I mean? It, it, it's so important to have the young lads in to see that, you know, the fire still burns and he's coming off the pitch and going to work. And, you know, I think as a manager... If I was ever to go into coaching or managing, you know, I'd, I'd, I think your senior players are probably the most important thing in a dressing room to have stuff like that. So, Ted, as we said, you were coming on and uh, we got a couple of messages from people. And like one was just talk about living with Enda Stevens because he's your big mate, right? Enda Stevens. Like you're actually, he's 1990 as well. I think, yeah, same age, that's, that's so where, yeah, where did that friendship come from? And yeah, you live together, right? Yeah, so me and Enda are obviously the same age. Um, so we would just play it against each other growing up. Um, for who? Well, I would have been kind of Kevin's Belvo. He was always Cherry Orchard. Mm. But I'd be like right wing, left back. We used to be the same size, and they used to be quite small. So I, was, I used to give him a tough time out in the lawns or in Fairview and that. So we actually played them one year. Um, I gave Enda an awful time. <laughs> and, uh, and then I ended up, the manager after the game asked me to sign for Cherry Orchard the next season. So I ended up signing for Cherry Orchard. That's how we became mates. And then I ended up. Just stayed mates, signed for UCD, and it was at UCD at the time. So I ended up signing for UCD. So we had a kind of a half a year together there where we won the A Championship. And he played twice that season. I think I played twice on the Pete Man as well. So, mm. And then we were on the football fast course together. So we had a good fast course. You know, the football fast course. Yeah. Mm. The queue and that Matt Doherty would have been. The one on in Cabra, is it? Or yeah, yeah. One in Cabra, yeah. So we were obviously just stayed mates and he went to Pat's. Then I stayed at UCD and then I ended up signing for Dundalk full-time under Ian Foster in 2011. And he was at Shamrock Rovers with Michael I O'Neill. don't even remember him at Pat's, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Pat's done very well in Europe, didn't he? I remember he got... a few goals. Yeah. I remember he... Kenna was the manager. He was. Yeah. I remember he got roasted in Bucharest away and uh, mm, he actually yeah. had a tough game away. And I always think of that as a reference point for... Like how he, well, he, like he ended up as a Premier League footballer mm. an Irish international, yeah. mm. and that time in Europe, it was there was a game that was half behind closed doors because the owner of Style uh, was a complete mm. sort of character. He probably should have been running League of Ireland club at the time, yeah. you know. Or but anyway, no, and it was yeah. the Pats, and then he went to yeah, he went from there to Rovers. Yeah. Charge you a nifty a week though, despite yeah. the fact the house is tight. Ha- so yeah. you know, yeah, you ended up living together. So yeah, yeah. So it ended up I was full time. And then he ended up moving into a place not far from Daily Mount, just up the road. It was kind of left from from the family. Uh, just a little apartment, two bed. So I got obviously the little single bed box room. He asked me to move in. So it was good times. Obviously, they were training a little bit in the evening, kind of two, three o'clock under Michael O'Neill. I don't know. They must have had one or two lads working or something. But I was obviously training in the morning. So uh, 
yeah, 20 years of age living with your mate going out the weekend <laughs> wasn't too bad. Yeah. Mm. Would, you, uh, would you sign Wardy if he came available at the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly signed him was it two years ago in Gibney's one night. Yeah. Gibney's in Malahide. Yeah. There's a photograph, all right, yeah. with a handshake, but he yeah. never, never backed up. Look at old Ollie Horgan photo, yeah. was it? Was, yeah. That was yeah. great. Get the camera now. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Too. I haven't even signed yet. Like. Yeah. No, he's, um, um, I was watching even the game on, on Sunday. He's, yeah, he's excellent. He's really, when you're, when you're, uh, Going up against them, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't be saying this. They're playing them next week. A lot of time, you're hoping he's not playing them. Even even last year up there, he hits a free kick from what twenty five yards. Yeah, no, over twenty five. Yeah, twenty six maybe. It hit the bar, bounced down, they scored the goals before half time. But his technical ability is even his delivery the other day for Robbie Benson going. No, he's great. And he said about or maybe you prompted him by saying about losing the yard or whatever. He doesn't look like he's lost much to mm. me, to be fair. He is. He's as fit as, as, as he's been in a long the, time. The, the one that, the technically one, really, really good. The one that really turns me on with Wardy is uh, the Fervar game away because, it, again, it was like, and I think that was a COVID game, but you're playing a proper stadium. But it was brilliant that night. Yeah, I know right, it went so, out. Yeah. Wardy yeah. scored. We really should have gotten a second. European away no, games. Just are, European away games know. aren't your friend, <laughs> yeah, are they? No, yeah. no. The Pauk one is like, oh, oh God. Oh, what was that? I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, what happened there? Uh, I, you know what? I Obviously, I get a bit of stick for on Twitter and people obviously bring it up, but I didn't feel at the time it was that bad of a miss. You know, it just it's a tough angle, like the ball no, came at you with pace. Was that it that's what it was? Pace. And obviously yeah. on the telly, it looks a little bit slower, and then European balls move a bit faster. <laughs> 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 Been no, a while since I've seen them. To I, be fair, yeah, I didn't realize that up European balls are a disgrace. Yeah, it just came at me, and I don't know. I was a little bit behind me, but. I remember in the moment he, oh, I should have done better there. But then when I watched it back, I was like, Jesus. Now moving on from that, so when did you play in Europe last? Um, 2003, I think. I missed the, the big run while I was on the bench for the Deportivo the games, but I was injured. But 2003 would have been the last. Story time. of your life, right? If you yeah. had a injury free career, how how far could you have gone? Uh, I don't know. You wouldn't be here anyway. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you if you like, tell us like for people who don't know, it was like not a career ending injury, but a career changing injury. Well, the meme of my leg break, I suppose, going back to, was a, that was, geez, that was a long time in 99, playing with Brian Kerr's team in Holland, broke my femur, which is... How did it happen? Just a, f uh, it was literally, a f you know when you normally get a dead leg if someone needs you in there, and it just snapped? It's like Graham Barrett was playing, I was, was a little side up from a corner, I went, he passed him, I went to torn, I found it just knee just hit, or it just hit me and it went, but um, yeah, I was flying at the time, was, we were going to the European Championships, we just qualified for the one in Sweden. Um, were you centre back him? Yeah, yeah. Pace, quick enough then. Yeah, yeah. but then I mean, like, I ended up doing all right then. I came home. Obviously, it was a couple of different things. Liverpool was grand, but I was injured for nearly the next two years. I was out for nearly the next two years. Like mm. basically, had a plate and twelve screws put into my leg, and then I had to have an operation the following year to take them out because they were sort of interfering with all the ligaments and stuff. So that was you're actually like looking at your groin in the area there you when know, you pointed. I was, out, was like, Jesus, uh, yeah. No, well, but I it was all down that general direction. Yeah. I didn't have any screws in there. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I mean, I came back to shells at full time. Won the won the league the under first year. Dermot. Dermot, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the first year. Say I won the league. I'd probably get the people on about that. It was the year the whole. Oh, I'm angry, Marnie, Tony. Marnie, what was Dermot Keeley like to play for us? Yeah, it wasn't the angry Tony year. That was 2006. Sorry, sorry. Get your shells controversy. Sorry, sorry. Pat Dolan would have a different view. What was what was Dermot Brilliant. I remember meeting him yeah. as a, I was living across the road and I was trying to get into League of Ireland and did a few interviews with him. <laughs> what a character. Aye, like. Brilliant. I loved yeah. him. I saw him for him again when I finished, literally finishing up. I went back to Shell for a year because Shell was my club. Like, and, um, he was he was brilliant. He's, yeah, he, 
I, he decided for you, you do anything for you, and I run really, yeah, oh, 100%. And again, mm. he screamed life out of you, but you know, no one cared. He just he mm. threw it, and then after the game, it was just, it's just normal. Mm. And I met him, I went, I was in, as everyone seems to do, and then Lance Riley to go and see him. And I went to see him there, it was over we had one of the international breaks at the end of the season. I just went over to, to see him because I actually, I think, when, when Alan I played with his son, Alan, um, when he died, oh, yeah. I actually had COVID and I couldn't go to the funeral. Oh, so okay, I just wanted to, um, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was terrible, sad altogether. Alan was great. He was actually in the same school as me. We would have played in school teams with him as well. But um, yeah, Dermot was Dermot was brilliant, and Pat would have been Pat Fenlon would have been in the team that year as well. And then he was the manager the following year. So I was there for another three years. Would have won the league. The f- no, Bowes won the league. Bobby Ryan the f- second year I was there. Remember Bobby scored in Talca. That was the summer. Oh, that was yeah. the first. That was, was the, the sort of transition. Of the summer yeah, season. Yeah. Um, what a baller! Keith, Colin Hawkins referenced his son heard, actually yeah, on the recent Yeah, it's probably very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then definitely two or three years. Then I went off for a couple of different clubs. Then came back. But again, the league. The, 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 go back to the original point. The, the, I still end up playing for another 10, 12 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at the top level in the country, like maybe yeah, maybe it could have done. Could have went better if, if it didn't happen. Probably would have went better if it didn't happen. But look, you just have to. You don't torture yourself with those thoughts. They, uh, what what I actually kind of was implying there was the league was was no like I I thought the league was it was substandard for a long time in terms of what it could have been and England was obviously the place that people wanted to play and you know that was a great shell team against Deportivo but did the league kick on I have to say Wardy I'm probably way over the top on this but I think the league is really really good at the moment I think the standard is like that that shells Rovers game you bring anyone to that game the other night they'd be like geez that's a good game of football like the the goal that um, Jack Moylan set up for Matty Smith followed by just Graham Burke doing what Graham Burke does. It's a phenomenal game of football, I thought. Like, uh, especially and like, like we were chatting earlier about the stadiums. Like, even the game when you're watching it in talent, it just looks better. Yeah, Automatically, yeah. you're thinking. Like, yeah. it, like, I'm not saying Dundalk or dropped it. Like, if that goal happens in Dundalk or dropped it, like you're seeing a house in the background. You're seeing, mm. like, it, I'm telling you, I think it's a little small. Hundred percent, like, Dan makes 100%. isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I think stuff like that. And it's the biggest issue we have, isn't it? Is the yeah. stadiums. And I think, like you said, I think the crowds are there. I think the players are there. I think the players now are at a, like a fitness elite level of professional footballers. I even think I was chatting to someone the other day. I don't know who I was chatting to, but I was saying even 10 years ago when I played in the league, if you walked into a dressing room, you'd see two or three players in good shape. Really? Yeah. You would, like, the way you they would, are now, the way, the like, now yeah. I mean, if you're not yeah. in good shape now, you're just not playing. Like, if you can't run now, you can't play. Can you not? No, you can't, if you cannot run, you cannot play at professional level now. Yeah. So you have to be at an elite fitness or a high standard unless you're unbelievable on the ball who's unless the best player yeah, in the league I, th- I think one or two players came into the league last year and because of who they were but you can see that physically they yeah. weren't at it and they came into clubs and they were found out pretty quickly and they and these some of them had good careers yeah and who's the best player in the league Wardy at the moment yeah um, obviously Ali Coote's having a great start to the season um, Jack Moylan from a young end it looks like he's doing very well Graham Bork Jack Bourne obviously stand out the two of them. But Joey and Dob would say Keith Ward, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> for me. For me. You're on the fence. Who's the best player in the league? I don't know. Uh, Dale Rooney Dale Rooney's well, up there at the moment yeah, John, yeah. Johnny's index If it was a team of the season Now he'd be in it Yeah No he's, he's But he really Yeah, he, yeah. He well, your, your index changed You said Patrick McElhinney last week Patrick McElhinney No change me. Yeah look again, There's so many Technically good players But there's again Some really really good Defensive players You look at different things You never talk about defenders Yeah well I, I think Again since Connolly got injured And I don't know if it's anything To do with this But Derry's form Just like Dundalk last season um, I, I do think 
And I, I, I haven't seen enough of him, but I do think there's something about Jack Moylan that I haven't seen in any player in the League of Ireland. I, I, he just looks like he looks like a foreign player. I don't know. Well, I played with Jack, obviously, at Bowes, and he, we... How did he leave from Bowes, yeah. It was uh, At the time, we were kind of... We started. We didn't start the season great on the key, and we kind of had, like, with Bowes, where we'd lose a lot of players, and we are kind of finding our team. And maybe Keith just thought it wasn't a time to throw Jack in, because we kind of hadn't got mm. going yet, and probably loaned him out. We were talking about earlier to Kev outside, like, if you're a young lad and you want to make it, you just need to play games. Yeah. Don't... Whether you're at Rovers and you're 18, don't sit on a bench. Anyway, I said it earlier, it was the biggest thing for me from signing for UCD from 17 to 20 to 21. I probably had 150 games that stood to me. You can't be playing games. And that was the biggest thing for Jack that year that he went out on loan to Wexford. What were Wexford? Seventh or eighth in the first division. Mm. Ripped it up. Got him out to shells. Look at him now. We could be playing in Dan, the league. Dan, best player in the league? Oh, I don't know. Like, I think it changes every mm. week. You know, like you, you watch Graham Burke in the Bowers yeah, game. He's and off you're the like, charts, yeah. Wow. You yeah, know, but then... Yeah. You don't see that every week from, from mm. so I don't know. It's, it's 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 probably subjective. We did have like we did have a like Jack Nolan one. You're chatting to people anecdotally. He looks like he's got a lot physically stronger over the winter as well too. And this is the thing. I think the thing with Bo is that they didn't take the option to retain him, which is obviously, you know, that was that was a mistake. But um, it's worked out for mm, longer though. He's working with Alan Reynolds now. So you well, know. well, there you go. I was just trying to think. We did have a question: Who's the most talented player you've played with? Now, that obviously, can go back to a period of time. It doesn't necessarily have to be present. Like in terms no, of, no, I think the three. It used to be Quiggs in the start of my career. Oh, yeah. He was just, yeah, actually, just, yeah, take the ball anywhere, could nutmeg anyone, pass and goals. He was so strong. I don't know. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, unbelievably strong and just take the ball anywhere in the pitch and take the mick. And then Danny Mandrew probably now was... Like, even, Set up a goal the weekend, did he? Yeah, yeah. unbelievable ball. I think he set yeah. up two. two and every yeah. time I look out... Obviously, because I've played with a lot of lads now that are playing in England, younger lads at Bowes that are doing well, and I look out for scores, and I think he's set up too. He just seems to all have a goal or assist every time he seems to play, and then, obviously, young Dawson, that's at MK Dons as well, is technically just... Really, yeah. yeah it's class. And Bowes, like, you know, Andrew's name at Bowes is obviously not... Uh, <clears throat> you know, it would draw a reaction, yeah. but you could see, despite it all, you could always see his ability. Ah, like, from day one. Honestly, day one, because I remember I'd done an interview before saying, right, the hardest job in Ireland, trying to play ahead of him and Dawson, you know what I mean? Mm. But I love that. Like that's why I enjoyed that challenge of obviously competing with them and playing with them. Like you know, when you play football, you want to play with good players, don't you? Like so, I wanted. To yeah, it must be just. That. Yeah, it must just be like. Is it frustrating to think about that time at Bowes that you just you never got a trophy to show yeah, for? You know, like that yeah. team was always on the cusp of something. Yeah, and like it is frustrating looking back because obviously I had six years, five years back at the club and. But it was probably only a two-year stage where we probably could have won a trophy. Like, the first three or four years there, we were building. Like, we weren't able to compete for trophies with the teams around us. But obviously, the last year or two, we missed out on a few semi-finals. But the last year, obviously, missing out on the final, we lost. Obviously, I missed the penalty. And that that would, would have been a perfect way to end my time at Bowes. You know, I would have been as happy as anyone to win a trophy there. So, But I think they're getting there, Bowes. You know what I mean? Like, I know, obviously, they've had a long time away from winning something, but... You know, like the, the the last ten years, probably only the last two or three years where they've been able to compete. You know, so I think they're they're getting there. You know, as it's all good. We did have a question from Sean Cotter about what's your favorite coffee shop in Dundalk. I don't know, is that a loaded question or do you have one? No, 
Uh, no, no, you, you, Max <laughs> Coffee, maybe or something. Like that. Home, maybe yeah. he works there. It was a very specific <laughs> question. I was like, is there a story to go Are with you this? You coffee like, man, Kev? No, no, no. Well, no. Tea, no, tea, just tea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, typical, kind of, yeah. typical post. That's man, all yeah. good. We have another question about playing uh, friendly matches the night after weddings. From Kieran, what's what's this about here? Yeah, so last year when I signed for Dundalk, I had let Stevie know that I've a I'm best man for Ender's wedding. On the Friday. So and the Stephen's wedding. wedding. So I said, look, I said at the start of the year, I said, look, I'm best man. Is it okay that I missed that? And he said, yeah, no problem. And to be fair, one thing I love, I don't miss games. Like, I, I, it's the only game I missed last year. So I don't, I'm not someone that misses games. So I wasn't obviously disappointed, but obviously I said it to Stevie. But then we were going well <laughs> through the season and we were kind of getting close to Rovers and it just happened to be Rovers that we were playing today and this wedding. So as I was getting closer to the game, and I was actually quite doing well last year. I was having good moments off the bench, and I, I was having we were going well. Stevie was like, I, I, I needed to play. So I was like, right, I'll ask Enda, because like it's obviously I wanted to play, and then we were trying to organise maybe I play and come back travel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Enda, he wasn't, he didn't want me to miss it. So yeah, Stevie didn't let me live it down. And then even this weekend, Sheffy were playing City. And the semi final. Oh, in Wembley, and yeah. I have tickets to go, but we're in the weekend, so I couldn't even ask. But was there a friendly the day after the wedding yeah, or something? Yeah, so we came in training, obviously, training Thursday morning, the game was Friday. So I'd obviously I'd been allowed to leave, go to the wedding. So obviously, got ran on Thursday, went to the wedding Thursday night, day before, obviously, up drinking. Then I went to the wedding Friday drinking all day at the wedding but then we had a friendly against Larne the next day so because we won that day we beat Rovers 1-0 Robbie Benson scored I sent a photo of me and Andy to Steve and I go see you Monday boss and he goes nah half ten see you in the morning you're playing a half so I had to drive from I was can't remember even when they got ready. Put some posh place anyway. But I had to do it. You don't remember where the wedding was. That is so I'm like such a bad probably a golf club yeah. or something. Yeah, like past some posh place. K club or no, kind of Wicklow. Paris Court. Paris Court. Paris Court. Paris Court. That's a big wedding. Like <laughs> yeah, some posh no. place. Did I see? Premier League footballer. Oh no, it wasn't you. Sorry, I seen a few lads next morning. So I had to get up in the morning. Obviously, after having. Two nights on it, long day at the wedding. Any love? What? Any love at the wedding? <laughs> Any, yeah, it was emotional. I didn't think I don't mean, that. Don't mean friends. Don't mean for, don't mean for Ender, like. What do you mean? Like any love? Like any? I mean, I've seen you at weddings. Yeah. Any love? Yeah, like just keep going. Do you know? <laughs> what the hell, Wardy? You're playing. Yeah, well, like, I was talking about Thanks, Johnny. Kev. I was talking about Johnny at my wedding, but I'm not even sure. No, no. no. So I had to get up uh, the next de- morning. I, I'm hang. definitely sure. <laughs> I come in, obviously hanging from the night before. I only had to play the first half. He actually played me in front of the back four, and the <laughs> less said about my performance. Kev, would you be no, more understanding? Maybe ask me again. Would I sign him? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what love of the wedding is yeah, like? Well. Kev, um, would you be more understanding as a man? Just say, I'll take the weekend off. Would you like, no, to turn up ah, your plane depends on the situation. Of course, depends yeah. on the situation. And again, the difference with Wardy and us, again, you have to make allowances all the time. Part time, all that type of stuff. So yeah. you want to become a full time manager, preferably at Drada. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. So 
where is that at the moment in terms of draw off the beach? Um, Alain, again, I, I tried to since sort of the season started, I've tried to nearly stay away from mm. any talk about it um, because they have what they have, uh, whatever resources, budget wise, all that stuff. And there is, I, I do know that the club are, are continuing talks and talking to people, and there is people interested, but it takes a long time. and I mean, these, these things don't happen overnight. I know it does, has gone on for a while and, and ideally something would have been done before the start of the season and things might have been a bit different. But look, you, said, you, you just have to uh, put your faith in what the lads are doing and, and they are, I know for a fact, they're working tirelessly to try and get some because again, we do, again, we're talking outside, we do no more than, probably more than most need investment. The Drada. In Drada, yeah. The, but if, you, if you're a prospective it, investor, right, yeah. what are the, what's the upside? Well, it's, well again, if you... Just as I was just going to say, the the interest in why I'm there now nearly five and a half years, like the local interest is is unbelievable. Again, the game sold out on Friday. Now, ideally, to be it would be a bigger stadium or more yeah. accessible stadium to more to bigger crowds and stuff. But the interest in in the uh, club throughout the whole community, whether it be in Drawd itself or even going into me, this this is genuine. And I know this sounds like an old cliche when people say it, but you just kids going around hey, we drive them up there every day nearly and going around and draw the jerseys like honest to god it's 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 new generation of supporters again i think i heard you saying it before dan about the 13 15 17 19 adding to the whole club thing. definitely but, is a fact again draw is the biggest town in ireland and mm. i know there's talk of city status and all that stuff is certainly it's not something that i'm thinking of but the population itself the uh amount of like there's literally just, if you can get two and a half thousand people in on Friday, which we will, there's certain they could sell more. They definitely could sell more. The interest is there. It helps that we're in the Premier Division. It helps that we're doing okay at the moment. And certainly, I mean, if we were getting hammered every week, it mightn't be as big of an interest. It mightn't be as um, attractive to to someone. No one's going to come in and say, right, we're going to be in the Champions League next year and make money. The money that say Rovers made or Dundalk made, like that, or even Shells back in the day. That's not not going to happen overnight, but it's, it's the potential is, is certainly there. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about a new stadium, a new ground. There's, again, that's way beyond my understanding of what's going on. But Drogheda did win the league not that long ago, like when 2007, was, you know. So, yeah, um, like a better, and, and funny enough, Evan Ferguson, I presume, strictly speaking, Evan Ferguson's local club growing up in League of Ireland would have been Drogheda, right? So, say if Evan, say if Evan Ferguson gets a move, might make Bowes ten million. Who knows? Might make yeah. Bowes ten million. So Evan, is that what his prospective buyer wants to get? He wants to get a young player. Yeah, do you know there, what I mean? There's a lot of that, and again, we do, as I said, we do have the structures, and even with the the uh, women's teams and the girls' teams coming into it as well. There's certainly there, that is an opportunity. Again, we've we've heard the conversation about Brexit and all that type. Mm. But there's certainly an opportunity for for want of a better word, making making uh, money on players going away. Of course, there is, but again. My job is not to get players to go to England. My job is to get players into Drada's team and to try and, first of all, keep Drada in the league and then to try and progress Drada year by year. And we are doing it on what's been described as a shoestring, and it is. Um, and any sort of investment that would be more than welcome to. Again, we if we if we get to the window, there's nothing I'd love to do more is to, is to strengthen the squad. Um, I very, very, that just, and again, I have to be clear on this. I'm not saying I'm not happy with what we have. I'm, couldn't be happier with the, the bunch of players and staff that I have at the moment. They're they they're really really, um, doing really really well. But again, you'd like to you you, you look at the clubs that would be perceived to be possibly around you. You should probably finish up. second last, really. Well, if you're looking on budgets, 100, percent yeah, mm. yeah, 100%. yeah. And I think and as you know, when it gets to 
July or August, and you know, <clears throat> you know, you'd have clubs that circling around looking for your players as well. You well, it happened last year. Them, uh, yeah, James Clark went to balls <laughs> last year in the window. Again, at the end of the season, how good is he? Honestly, yeah, really good. Yeah, mm. yeah. Again, we're playing them on Friday, so I don't want to big him up. To <laughs> no, he did well off the bench last he did, week. I know. Yeah. I've seen it. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, the, certainly last year, I would have liked to keep Dean Williams. I would have liked to keep Andy Quinn, but they went for you say full time, full time football. Mm-hmm. Now again, I'm hoping at some stage Drogheda will be full time and I know as I said that the club are, are working really really hard to, to try and make that happen so yeah we've got games this week as we've mentioned Drogheda Bowes on Friday and Keith you're in the TV game uh, RT Shells and the Dock so uh, that's yeah, an interesting one interesting. hopefully it's a spectacle um, St Pat's Rovers Probably going did, to that game. Yeah right? you would thought the TV pick but I think they're trying to spread the games around it. I, I, was, I was offered Kerry right so like yeah, RT says you can go to do the Kerry game as a report show on Kerry going night and I was like it would actually cost me more to get there than I'd get to do to report in the game. Going either almost certain to win. Now you could fly to it, but like that would make me the biggest hypocrite ever. Like you can't go on a climate change and then fly to. Carry. I have to say I did that flight recently. It's a nice 20 flight. Quid, I think. Yeah, it's like forty-five minutes. No, yeah, what are you having it? No, no brainer. No, you're dead. No you're dead and back in no time. Um, You'd have to stay the night now. Met a couple and then of Kerry fans on the on the plane. Uh, Cork cool. and Derry is on Friday as well. And then it is like Saturday, the fly to a game option. Like in Ireland, like yeah, let's fly because it's forty-five yeah. minutes as opposed to like four hours. Very brief. So you've abandoned the first division, Johnny. You've just completely lost interest in it. Do you have no fixtures? Well, well, like with all due respect to Kerry, Waterford Athlone is on Friday. We've got Kerry and Galway. As you mentioned, Johnny is, is snubbing it. Um, I'm not snubbing it. It was like my it. option. My option is like go to Inchicore, which is like ten minutes away. Cove uh, and Treaty, Wexford, Finn Harps on Friday. Then on you've Saturday, you've been to Dundalk. Like Longford I mean, Bray is on Saturday, um, and on Monday we've got the refixed Treaty United Waterford game. What's Evan Ferguson like? Finally, you know, like yeah. he, he came in at fourteen. Um, I just. Like, scary for his age. Obviously, when you see him 14-year-old come in, you don't think, oh, this lad's going to, like, you don't think so far ahead. You just take it for what it is when he come in. Obviously, big physical presence for his age. He obviously looked a bit older than 14. But speaking about him before, obviously, how well he's doing, he's doing unbelievable. And it's great to see, and even for the country, just to have, like, a crying out for a striker, I think, since Robbie Keane. Hopefully, he can get to that level, which I think he will. But... Just from watching him in training and having him in, it was the thing that stuck to me the most was how well he could do the basics. And that might sound bad, but like the basics is sometimes the hardest thing to do yeah. in football. And I mean, he could get the ball in, it would stick, he'd arm someone off, lay it off, or put it out wide and get in the box. And when he get in the box, he'd probably get on the end of it. And then if he was doing a finishing drill and training, he'd be rootless. And that's what I mean about that. When he come in training with us, he could do that to a Rob Cornwall or a Dan Casey. And then I go watch him play for Detzer for the 19s. And he's doing the exact same thing at his level. It's not like he's changing his game and trying to be better. I just felt like he was doing everything he should, the basics, and he could do it at kind of at our level and a lower yeah. level. And he wasn't changing his game. And that's one thing I just thought was brilliant because you see lads come in and it takes a bit of time to adjust where I just felt like, geez, this lad well able for this level already he can just do the basics really really well and I don't mean that no, sounds 100%. like no no as soon as you said it about basic I was thinking about getting it in sticking he played against us I don't know if you were playing it was a, I don't know if it was a pre-season friendly or he scored in, in our place in a friendly and I remember I'd know it by Barry I played in the same schoolboy team as his, as his dad which again certainly makes me feel my age today but 43 yeah 43 happy thanks, birthday yeah, Kev thanks again yeah. but um, he yeah he, he the hype is you really don't want to but the hype seems to be very much justified 
Yeah. Like he's he's been like he's been excellent so far, but the 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 ceiling I don't even know what it is for. Yeah, I think it is that the best players sometimes that is it to do the simple things. Like I mean, Roy Keane was an amazing player, but it wasn't you weren't yeah. jumping off the seat to watch him. It was just Trying everything he done. Even some of the goals, I hate these comparisons. You know, mentioning them, but even some of the goals, Haaland scores. I know yeah. he has this explosiveness, but yeah, a lot of his goals are just yeah. being there. there. It's funny on Saturday on the radio when he gets injured and you're watching the game. There's almost like this fucking paranoia in the studio. Well, Johnny, I booked a trip to go to Wembley on Sunday to, to, to cover that semi final. I did think it was. I, I said to someone on Saturday, Chelsea fan was watching the game. I was like, "Listen, you're, you're, you're watching Chelsea Brighton. Just text me if Ferguson gets injured. It's not going to happen, but just text me if he gets injured." And it's like ten minutes in. I was like. But but, but oh, no. Dan texts me like so I was I was uh, out like between I was going to gig Saturday night I was having a couple of met, met a couple of interesting League of Ireland characters in the Swan blah 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 okay. Dan texts me Ferguson Ferguson like you know like emoji and I was like geez he must be out for he was only missing next weekend because your your trip was like this who we cares were on the bus like, on funny we were on the bus the way to Sligo on Saturday and we were all everyone seen us getting injured. Because remember the last time before the France game, I thought everybody was going to be out for yeah. it. Yeah. So I, hope, I didn't even know how long it was going to be. It's so, only, only a week or so. So myself and Wardy both screwed from going to Wembley this yeah. weekend. That's basically, <laughs> that's, the, that's the real story here. But anyway, that's There's a coach the in Wardy, the way he spoke there. There's a, there's a coach in you, I think. Ah, oh, like, it's something I'd, I've done my B licence last year. It's something I'd love to definitely do. Um, definitely coach and I'll, I'll give it a go. But whatever level I'll coaching probably for the rest of my life hopefully yeah wow player coach there draw the next season I think that might <laughs> I think that might be <laughs> let's wrap the show we're, we're bringing people together here it's like first dates or something yeah although it's actually their second date the first one was in Gibney's yeah, a couple of years know. back neither of us remember that <laughs> anyway <laughs> we're done Johnny we are in wrap association as ever with uh, Future Ticketing uh, we're in association with Collar and Cuff and uh, Rascals Brewery thanks a million to the lads happy birthday to Kev and uh, yeah we'll be back next week